like Norm, I met Jesus in 1971, a little bit earlier than Norm, and I absolutely got smitten by the voice of heaven when I, with somebody I didn't even really know anything about. I never read the Bible, and I started a Bible study five days later after I met Jesus. <laughs> and I never met the, I literally never read the Bible. <laughs> My sister went to it. And, and I, I, I knocked on the door, I went to the principal, and I said, I want to have a Bible study in the school every morning, and I want to have a prayer meeting every morning in school. And the principal goes, well, who's your sponsor? And I said, Jesus, he's our sponsor. <laughs> and he goes, you have to have a sponsor. I said, well, can you give me a pass? I just need to start reading the Bible. I just met Jesus, and I've got to start studying, and I want to have a Bible study. He started laughing, and he let me have a classroom. And that, that little Bible study, that little prayer meeting grew to where the, the class was, you know, people would come every morning. It was so fun. And I fell in love with Jesus and, uh, in Little Tarkdale, Missouri. So this is John Chisholm. John Chisholm. You will love this guy. He's going to be here tomorrow with us too. And he's a papa in the spirit. John is a businessman. He consults businesses and he sorts out problems. That's valuable. And the other thing is, he is the overseer of the pastoral care at the International House of Prayer. So how many groups do you guys have? 200. Okay, he oversees that and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, still, you know. And so I thought, I, I said, John, we have got to connect more. And I got to have you meet some of the leaders of this little tribe. And I want you to just share tonight. He's going to share more tomorrow, but I want you to share tonight just why do you love Jesus so much, and when were the deep encounters that surged you forward in the Lord? Um, again, it's a privilege to be with you. Um, I mean, there was just incredible swirl back in 1989, 1990, 1991, between the Vineyard, Kansas City, Mike, and connected to Tim. I mean, just not strong way, but just we interacted some back, and that was just a crazy time and a crazy season. And so all of a sudden here now, we went out to breakfast recently, and like it's very meaningful to me about that time and that period was profound, but it pointed towards today, I believe. And it's not by accident even that this connection's happening now. There's something about timing. There's something about the Lord's really up to something, especially in the city, but ultimately in the nations. So I, he just shared with me, you know, hey, maybe just share a little bit about the issue of encounter. Because encounter is really important. I grew up uh, Catholic, and I knew a lot about God. But, you know, he mainly was the God of the saints. And that left me really in trouble, okay, because the way I was living my life and what I was doing. Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, um, came, went to the University of Illinois, got a degree in psychology. I'd call me a God-fear. We showed up at church sometimes, um, you know, Christmas, Easter, definitely. We wouldn't miss those. But in terms of me really understanding who he was and what it was about, wasn't a part of it. Uh, started having kids. I, I'm a father of six. Um, and when, when three of them, we had three of them under the age of five. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I'm looking at them, and they're starting to grow and I have no idea what I believe. I don't know what I'm going to give to them. And it, there was pressure in that. Like, that's not okay. And God just put a hunger inside of me, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. Had a neighbor invite me to a Bible study. They were studying the book of Romans. And all of a sudden, something just clicked. 
all right? It was a Reformed church, Reformed Church of America, that had a Jewish born-again pastor flowing in spiritual gifts. So it was the most unusual RCA church you've ever heard of, all right? And so, anyway, he said, he, one Sunday morning, he said, I believe there's 10 men in this room that want to go deeper in God. And so I'll meet you 6.30 a.m. Saturday mornings for the next six weeks. If you happen to be one of those 10, show up. And I showed up, and it was pretty amazing. There was only 10 people that showed up, all right? And so something was up, and he took us through some basic fundamentals. And, but one of the things he talked about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all right? And so next week, we're going to pray uh, for all of you. And he laid hands on me that following week, and a charge went through my body. I'd never experienced anything like that before. And, I mean, it was, there was electricity. There was power in it. There was something profound. And I went home and didn't even know how to communicate it with my wife, what was going on. I ended up, you know, cutting the lawn and then was taking a shower. And in the midst of taking the shower, I just started praying in tongues. This thing welled up inside of me, and I'm alone in the shower. And it was like, but his presence was all over me. And all of a sudden, God wasn't so far away. He was intimately involved and connected. All right? I grew up in a home. I have uh, six brothers and a sister. All eight of us were teenagers at the same time. Good Catholic family there, twins. All right? The home was chaos. My dad uh, grew up out of wedlock. I mean, he didn't know who his father was. And so he came into this parenting thing struggling. My mom came from poverty. All of a sudden, eight kids. They had no idea. I grew up with very little input and feedback in my life. All of a sudden, I get saved in this church, and they start giving me feedback about, boy, you're really good at this. Boy, you're not very good at that. And for me, it was like, that is so helpful. That was so helpful. They asked me to share a testimony in terms of when did Christ become real. And so we were joining the church. And as I shared the testimony, what I said is he became real when I had this encounter with this small group and when this family did this for me. And I went around the church just pointing out some of the people who had a profound effect upon God becoming real, the Bible study. And at the end of it, the entire group stood up and cheered and clapped in terms of just because it was a celebration of body life and who the Lord was in his people. But the pastor grabs me and he says, I've been doing this for 13 years. I've never seen that ever before. He said, there's something about your life. There's a call on your life, and you've got to figure out what that thing's all about. Now, that's not language that's meaningful to me or that I understand or make sense of it. Anyway, I ran into this book called A Dialogue with God by Mark Berkler, and I'm starting to learn how to journal. And in my journal... The church has made a decision they're going to go to Korea to learn about the prayer mountain and to learn about small groups. They're going to implement small groups. And so they're bringing an elder and some key lay people, lay leaders, and they're going to implement this whole thing. Anyway, I'm journaling, and all of a sudden I feel like the Lord says to me, I'm going to send you to Korea, John. Now, it makes no sense. I went and talked to my wife about it. And the thing about journaling is, you know, you you don't weigh it. You just write it all down, and then you weigh it later and over time, and you figure out later whether that's God or not. But all of a sudden, like I really thought I heard, hey, I'm sending you to Korea through a whole series of circumstances. I'm a new believer. I'm new to the church, all right? They have an elder that's going. The elder has a job. The job says you can't go to Korea anymore. One week before, they pull his ability to go. They're sitting on a ticket, have nobody to give to. So I go up to the pastor and said, listen, I know this is crazy, but here's my journal. Like, I think he said he was going to send me to Korea. And the pastor patted me on the head and said, yeah, 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 that's sure. You know, I don't think so. You know, we're not going to send a new believer. They could find nobody. They put me on the plane, sent me to Korea. So I'm in Prayer Mountain. Larry Lee, Pastor Cho, 
and same thing. All of a sudden, we're in a prayer meeting, and again, when those Koreans get praying, and they're rocking, and all of a sudden, it's like a beehive. They start gathering around each other, and in that church, all of a sudden, there's 10,000 of them, and they're rocking, and they're buzzing, and they're praying in tongues, and same thing. All of a sudden, here comes this encounter in which, bam, like, this is you, Lord. That prayer mountain, that's important to you. That thing on intercession, that's important to you. And just power and encounter. And so I just was undone in that trip. I come back. I'm now starting to help lead the small group ministry in this church or whatever. All of a sudden, this pastor has identified me as a future leader. He's investing in me. All of a sudden, one day it's found out he's in adultery with multiple women. And he's just ripped out in a moment. And so now this reformed church that's playing with the spiritual gifts, all of a sudden, like if that's the Holy Spirit, we want no part of it. No more gifts, no more. And they look at me and say, listen, you know, he messed you up because he was talking to you about calling. You're way too young to talk about that. That's not, you need to go to Bible school if you want to really relate to calling. You're a long ways away from it. And so I'm going like, what just happened here? Lord, it feels like I got set up in this. And the truth of the matter is, like, your name's all over it. Like, you're encountering me and you're doing this and you're setting me up. And then all of a sudden, it's all gone. He's gone, this pastor's gone, and I'm most closely identified with him. And I'm the one who's given tongues in the, in the Sunday morning service, and I'm all after this thing, I'm full of zeal, and all of a sudden he's gone, and this body wants nothing to do with spiritual gifts. Now, I'm ruined in it. I've had his encounter, and so I'm messed up. I am just messed up, and I don't know what to do about it. All of a sudden I find out that this gentleman by the name of John Wimber has come into Chicago. Okay, this is central Illinois. I don't know a lot about his ministry, but I know he's charismatic. And so I show up at this conference, and they start strumming that guitar, and they're not singing about him. They're singing to him, and I start crying. And I am crying, and oh, does this feel right and feel good? Lord, I love you. I'm sorry for my bad attitude. I'm not mad at you. Trust me, you know, and all of a sudden I'm trying to work it out with him. And John Wimber makes this call, and again, it's not language I've heard before. He said, listen. There's some of you here that got a real call of God on your life. The Lord wants to affirm that call. And so I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And what he's going to do is he's going to touch your lips, and they're going to go on fire. Or they're going to touch the bottom of your feet, and your feet are going to go on fire. And if that happens to you, just come forward. All right? And then he says, Holy Spirit, come. The most understated, you know, again, if you know John Wimber, it's like we're in the blue demon room of DePaul University. So it was funny. The blue demon is right behind John Wimber, and he's saying, Holy Spirit, come. And all of a sudden, boom, here comes this fire, and my lips go on fire, and my feet go on fire. And so I go forward, and I don't make it very far, and I drop into a just sobbing ball. And the Lord just affirms, like, John, there's a call on your life. Trust me on this. Don't get out ahead of me. Don't be in a rush. It's not your zeal that's going to get you there. Trust me in this. Watch what I'm about to do in your life. I get up from that meeting. I bought every single tape, every single teaching tape, every single book I could get my hands on. I'm calling home, and I'm crying. I'm sobbing on the phone, going, this is it. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. The vineyard, I found it. This is it. And sure enough, the Lord, through a whole series of circumstances, quit my job, sold my house, took my four children, moved to central Illinois into Champaign. And the Lord, through a series of circumstances, brought me onto full-time staff. All right. And so I've got 20 more stories about dreams, about encounter, about the Lord intimately involved in my life, helping me to orchestrate. 
the vineyard starts moving away from Mike Bickle and Bob Jones and Paul Kane. The whole vineyard starts to move away. My vineyard started moving away. It wasn't okay with me. My heart's hurting. I'm connected to the prophetic movement, connected to the prayer movement, like I'm not okay. All of a sudden, my wife has a dream. says, hey, I'm going to send John back to school to learn how to become a business consultant to the nations. So she wakes up out of this dream. It was more than a dream. It was encounter. All right. And she says, does that make any sense to you? And it's like, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I know I'm not doing well pastoring in the vineyard right now. And through a series of circumstances that are just profound and supernatural in nature, he takes this crazy pastor with this degree in psychology and he makes him a business consultant. I go around the country doing difficult conversations with partner groups. I have no website. I have no marketing materials. By word of mouth, I make a really, really good living because the breath of God is just, uh, he's intimately involved in my practice. I get words and knowledge about what the division, what caused the vision. I get prophetic understanding about what are the dynamics. And then, sure enough, I help unlock it. And then I get to send an invoice. They pay the invoice. And God is the one who did it all. He, ma he made me look really good. He's done it many, many times. I've even gotten a bonus check. The consultants don't get bonus checks. I've gotten a bonus check because they said, like, what you did was remarkable how that relationship unlocked and, and what it did. And so he's intimately involved. He's a God of encounter. He's a God of dreams. He's a God who wants us to understand who we are. I'm going to give you one more dream, and then I'll hand it back. All right, so it's a silly dream. Uh, I ended up with a really close relationship with Bob Jones. When Bob Jones got into some sin issues here in Kansas City, he moved away. And at that time, the Lord had me draw close to him. And I ended up with a really neat friendship with him, and it had a profound effect upon my life. And a lot of times, Bob would be in my dreams, all right? And usually it was an important dream. It would help me remember it when Bob's in it. All right, so anyway, we're in a golf cart together. He's driving the golf cart. I'm sitting next to it. And we drove, and we ran into somebody who was in the deliverance ministry, really well-known in the nations for it. And Bob ministers to him, all right? And there was something about how important deliverance is and restoring and encouraging the heart of the guy who was in the deliverance ministry. And so I'm watching what's happening, and it's fascinating to me. He gets back in the golf cart, and all of a sudden I realize, like, there's a little being in the back of this golf cart. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden I get excited, and I'm being silly. And I say, Bob, stop. Stop the golf cart. Stop. And I turn to the back of the golf cart, and there's this little being here. And I just know in my heart, like, it's an angel, and I've never seen an angel before. And so I'm playful, and it's like, I know who you are. And the angel's, like, got a face on him going, like, I know you're an angel. And the angel doesn't know what to do about it. And I cup him. I slapped him right across the face, and I'm laughing. I'm going, you're an angel. I know you're an angel. And the angel has this look on his face, like, what is happening right now? And I start laughing, and I am laughing, and I drop down onto my back, and I am laughing like I've never laughed in my life. And all of a sudden, it shifts. And I start sobbing. Oh, I'm sobbing. So the angel looks at Bob and says, Bob, what's happening? Like, who is this guy and what's going on? And it's going, it's okay, it's okay. Well, what's going on, Bob? Here's what's going on. He understands whose he is. And I'm telling you, if you take anything away from what I'm saying, not only is he God of encounter, but that point, it's not who you are. It's whose you are. It's whose you are. And something he's been working out in me as I understand whose I am.
All right, here I am. I got six kids. I got six grandkids. All of a sudden, you wake up one day and you realize, you know, Abraham, uh, you know, Isaac, Jacob. We've got these three generations. And all of a sudden, I'm Abraham. Well, all of a sudden, I'm the senior ranking generation. And so my heart for the next generation and my grandchildren and understanding what God's doing and trying to help them understand whose they are. I don't know. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about all that happened back there in the 80s and the 90s was just a precursor to something profound that's starting to unfold in our day right now. And I get to be a father in all that the Lord's doing. And he is breathing and blessing and encouraging and assigning. And it's pretty incredible what's happening. Can I be disruptive for a second? You can do whatever you want. Well, I just feel like the Lord gave me an assignment. Do it. Okay. And so he has no idea what I'm about to do. And one of the things that John Wimber used to say to us is faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Okay. So I don't know you guys very well. And so I'm about to step into something in which I feel a little bit out of my comfort level. All right, but sometimes the Lord uses that in really profound ways. But I felt like I was supposed to ask you to come forward, and I want to take some oil and pour it on your head. And I feel like the Lord just wants me to bless and ordain what He's doing in your heart and life. And sometimes, you know, you might think that, hey, it's because of dad, like whatever. And heaven just wants you to know He's a really nice guy and He's a neat guy. But the call that's going on in your life has very little to do with that. It has to do with whose you are. And you're learning that lesson. And it's gripping you. Okay? And he wants you to be confident in your calling. All right? And I just feel like he's got a little gift of you. I want to pour some oil on your head. And you're going to let go of that doubt that sometimes holds you back. The truth of the matter is whose you are. He's setting you in place. And there's a call on your life, okay? Now, there's something about the vineyard that's really important that I never let go of, and that's the issue of compassion, all right, is the groundwork for the movement of the Holy Spirit, all right? You've got a compassionate heart, and he loves that about you, but he wants to exhort you to when that thing starts to move inside of you, step into it and release the kingdom of God because you understand whose you are. Amen? All right, I'm going to mess up your hair right now, if that's okay. All right. It wasn't that good of a hair day anyway. Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, come on up. This is just as it's a team deal. Same thing for you, Sarah. Yeah. By the way, when John Wimber was here the last time, the lightning was hitting just exactly like this. It wasn't a Janet. This is so sobering to me, um, and this is right in line with what the Lord wants to do tonight. So it is the Lord. Are we getting all this on camera, I hope? Okay. Disaster is the issue of confidence. Confidence and faith. It has nothing to do about bloodline, although your blood has lots of precious things in it. It has to do that you understand whose you are. You've said yes to him, 
and he wants you to boldly move forward from a place of compassion. Take the ground. Preach the kingdom. Demonstrate it in the name of Jesus. And so I bless and anoint you. Mess up your hair right now in Jesus' name. And I release blessing and grace. And I break doubt off my brother right now in Jesus' name. And I release blessing and faith. And I say, come forth in the fullness of the call that's on your life. Never doubt again. He's going to take every bit of what's back there and take it and use it for good. Nothing's going to be wasted. So, Lord, fill him. Fill him. team. It's not just his call. It's your call. Side by side. Bless my sister. Fill her. Anoint her. I'm just going to ask that everybody just reach a hand towards them. Lord, you've called them, and we just, fathers in the house and elders in the house, we release them unto the call that's on their life, Lord, and we bless them. In Jesus' name, we bless them. Fill them. Jesus' name. Let's just wait on the Lord a minute more. By the way, the Lord, when he throws a party like this, this is an ordination commissioning party. The Lord, that is really one of the main reasons why the Lord wanted to do this tonight. And it's not just about Jason. I want to honor all of you tonight because this, you're entering into a party, and when God has invites somebody to a party, he gives gifts to everybody. And Paul, I want to say thank you. I want to honor you in a special way tonight. Why don't, why don't you just come up and lay your hands on these guys and just bless Paul daddy around here. This is just blessing my soft yeah, It blesses my soft because Tim and I have had a lot of conversations since this has kind of went down. And, and I said, Tim, I said, uh, I don't think it's about me. I think it's about Jason. You know, remember that conversation? Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> and uh, I said, man, I just really believe that God is grooming Jason to be the pastor of this church. So then it was some time later, I said, Tim, I really think the Lord at this gathering wants to ordain Jason. <laughs> Remember that conversation? Oh, totally. <laughs> so it was just like, it was like confirmation. It's total, I'm sitting over here just bawling, you know, just, but uh, you know what? i tell you what, why don't Rock Kansas City people come up here yeah. and let's just get around Jason. up here in mono too this is super important i don't even know how to explain to this john but it had to happen for jason it couldn't have been orchestrated and it couldn't have been me involved because as much as he loves me the part of the struggle is i'm i'm this guy's son and you couldn't have described it with more profoundness and because he's got to step out and stand on jesus alone and not on me and the crazy thing i need you you and Sarah, this is the same with you. You know, Sarah, Sarah was like, you know, I'm married into this. No, you didn't, Sarah. 
He didn't marry into this. This is a sovereign purpose of the Lord. And I want to tell you something, guys. I believe that when we came down here prophetically as forerunners, it was setting the stage for what God really wants to do here. And I probably is just beginning. And, and, and there is a connection we have. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just have a love connection with you, Jason and Candy. And even though you may not be in this local family, I think it's just because of the love connection and the history. Could you just come up to, just as a sign of your, our history together? And, and Andrew is just a representative of the Rock Tribe. And, and I just come up and ask you to bless, because you're an elder in the Rock Tribe. And Oma, you guys come up and... Dana, we just want to bless Kansas City right now. And, and Mono, I want you to bless. Oma, come on up and show them. And Dana, Carol, and Janet. We're just, as, as leaders in the Rock Tribe, Sue, come on up. As leaders in the Rock Tribe, we want to affirm that tonight is a very holy night. And, you know, it's really crazy because David got anointed and commissioned as king, and then he... You know, but he, it wasn't necessarily, um, he didn't necessarily have everything, his act put together totally. And by the way, this is really important for you too, Michael, for you to watch this. Because you're connected, bro. So what's going on us, covenant means what's going on us goes on you. So I, as the leader of the spiritual family, I want to say yes and amen to this. And I'm not speaking... Um, under a spirit of being a, a natural father, but as a spiritual father that has been waiting on the Lord for you to, to catch up to your calling. And you're at this tremendous intersection. Sarah, you've been prepared all your life for this. And that word from Norm, he was speaking to this little girl who was playful in the presence of Jesus. Norm, where are you? You should be up here too. Are you up here, Norm? Oh, no, yeah, no. Mono, come here and pray over, over this, and Andrew too. Andrew, just come around here and pray, and Norm. It's good for you guys to witness this. You're witnesses, you're watching, but this is your story too. Okay. Oh, I just want to say, I bless this in Jesus' name. Janet, where are you? Just stand next to me. Oh, I'm blessing you with your mom's agreement. This is the Lord. We say it's the Lord. This is Jesus doing this. It isn't me. We didn't orchestrate this. This is Jesus, and I bless you. And the anointing, the apostolic, the prophetic anointing that's on this family, upon me and Janet, we release to you today, Jason. Walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. The pressure is not on you. You just get to follow Jesus. You don't have to make anything happen. You just get to be, you just get to enjoy Jesus. Enjoy Jesus. Love him. Okay. I bless you, Jason. <laughs> oh. mm. Jason, the, the Lord wants you to know that there's only one time in all of Scripture that God the Father is described as hurrying. 
He never hurries except for this one thing, and it's out of the mouth of Jesus. It's to the repentant son who comes home, and he runs to it like an, oh, Middle Eastern father running, rushing back. That is the only time, and he wants you to know that he has been that father to you. That every time you return, he was, he was actually the one rushing to you. And this is like key for you. You, uh, you have uh, broken the curse of the second generation. <gasps> your personal victory, Jason, your personal victory creates a corporate blessing. And everything, I agree with everything that people have said over you and John and that there is, there is a role of your, your own personal breakthrough that is released on second generation curse. Um, and there is a generational thing happening with you, Sarah, as well. And you, you turn around and... Uh, you can't you can't hide who you are and where you come from who you come from too but there is a breakthrough that you had to go through so now you can impart that and there's power and i pray for a release that you would believe that everything you have gone through and the especially the choosing of the lord is just you you and him he chose you not because of tim not because of your dad, Sarah, but he chose you, and that is so key. But you had to go through this personal breakthrough, and now I pray that you would believe, you would hear God's voice say, now your own personal breakthrough becomes a corporate blessing. So you have been in, invested with the authority to go, and whatever, you, whatever devil you whooped in the desert of your own life, Sarah, and Jason, you come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is your building permit in, the, in this area. This is why you go out and you have absolute authority from heaven. Because it is not given by a man. It cannot be given by a man. It cannot be given by Tim or Rock Tribe or me or Andrew or anybody else. But it is the Lord. And until you hear the Lord in your heart of hearts, you cannot walk in the authority and today the Lord is saying, yeah, whatever has happened, Jason, is your own personal breakthrough becomes a corporate blessing. Amen? Yeah. Ah, amen. Yeah, amen, brother. It's awesome. Yeah, we just affirm this. I affirm this and say, yes, Jesus, this is you, Jason, and Sarah, you know, we don't see you as Tim's son, but you're a son of God. You're son, you're children of God. And your identity, your place in the family and the kingdom of God uh, transcends just your natural identification. And I just, tonight there was a, there was a stepping over. There was a, thre a threshold was crossed in the spirit. And I just want to affirm that, brother. And you're called to this. As, even as John was saying, it's a calling not from your, your father or from us or any kind of weird pressure, but it's from Jesus. Because he has equipped you for this. And we say yes to that. We see that. We honor that. We honor you in the spirit, by the spirit, how you are seen in heaven. We want to honor that and submit to Christ in both of you. It's not, we're not submitting to your dad or this legacy or what's been built here. 
but Christ in you. And that's what we were in love with. And that's what's going to build. That's the building permit in this area, in, in heaven, here on earth. And brother and, and beautiful sister of God, friends, children um, of God, this, you were made for this. Not, not just this church, and, but you were made for the kingdom and for what he's doing here. And uh, so I just want to affirm that. And I love you and I bless you and I'm excited. And this was a holy moment and night. This was a holy moment. <laughs> this was amazing. and Sarah as the apostolic tribe council of this tribe we take of our authority tonight and we, we give it to you as God instructed Moses to lay hands on Joshua and give of his authority we give of our authority to you tonight heaven no longer sees you after the flesh no longer see yourself after the flesh Heaven sees you in your true self. See your true yeah. self tonight. Yeah. Redeemed, called, commissioned, chosen, yeah. set apart, consecrated. Tonight, in Jesus' name, we consecrate you to what has been waiting from eternity to happen tonight. We seal this time now and we say yes and amen. We set you apart. In Jesus' name, we command you, discharge the call of God that's on your life. Release the anointing that's on your life. Walk in the humility that God has given you. Clothe yourself with humility. Release the love that's in your I could get my hands on. I'm calling home, and I'm crying. I'm sobbing on the phone, going, this is it. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. The vineyard, I found it. This is it. And sure enough, the Lord, through a whole series of circumstances, quit my job, sold my house, took my four children, moved to central Illinois into Champaign. And the Lord, through a series of circumstances, brought me onto full-time staff. All right. And so I've got 20 more stories about dreams, about encounter, about the Lord intimately involved in my life, helping me to orchestrate. The vineyard starts moving away from Mike Bickle and Bob Jones and Paul Kane. The whole vineyard starts to move away. My vineyard started to move away. It wasn't okay with me. My heart's hurting. I'm connected to the prophetic movement, connected to the prayer movement. Like, I'm not okay. All of a sudden, my wife has a dream. Says, hey, I'm going to send John back to school to learn how to become a business consultant to the nations. So she wakes up out of this dream. It was more than a dream. It was encounter. All right. And she says, does that make any sense to you? And it's like, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I know I'm not doing well pastoring in the vineyard right now. And through a series of circumstances that are just profound and supernatural in nature, he takes this crazy pastor with this degree in psychology, and he makes him a business consultant. I go around the country doing difficult conversations with partner groups. I have no website. I have no marketing materials. By word of mouth, I make a really, really good living because the breath of God is just, he's intimately involved in my practice. I get words and knowledge about what the division, what caused the vision. I get prophetic understanding about what are the dynamics. And then, sure enough, I help unlock it. 
and then I get to send an invoice. They pay the invoice, and God is the one who did it all. He made, he made me look really good. He's done it many, many times. I've even gotten a bonus check. Consultants don't get bonus checks. I've gotten a bonus check because they said, like, what you did was remarkable, how that relationship unlocked and, and what it did. And so he's intimately involved. He's a God of encounter. He's a God of dreams. He's a God who wants us to understand who we are. I'm going to give you one more dream, and then I'll hand it back. All right, so it's a silly dream. Uh, I ended up with a really close relationship with Bob Jones. When Bob Jones got into some sin issues here in Kansas City, he moved away. And at that time, the Lord had me draw close to him. And I ended up with a really neat friendship with him, and it had a profound effect upon my life. And a lot of times, Bob would be in my dreams, all right? And usually it was an important dream. It would help me remember it when Bob's in it. All right, so anyway, we're in a golf cart together. He's driving the golf cart. I'm sitting next to it. And we drove, and we ran into somebody who was in the deliverance ministry, really well-known in the nations for it. And Bob ministers to him, all right? And there was something about how important deliverance is and restoring and encouraging the heart of the guy who was in the deliverance ministry. And so I'm watching what's happening, and it's fascinating to me. He gets back in the golf cart, and all of a sudden I realize, like, there's a little being in the back of this golf cart. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden I get excited, and I'm being silly. And I say, Bob, stop. Stop the golf cart. Stop. And I turn to the back of the golf cart, and there's this little being here. And I just know in my heart, like, it's an angel, and I've never seen an angel before. And so I'm playful, and it's like, I know who you are. And the angel's, like, got a face on him going, like, I know you're an angel. And the angel doesn't know what to do about it. And I cup him. I slapped him right across the face, and I'm laughing. I'm going, you're an angel. I know you're an angel. And the angel has this look on his face, like, what is happening right now? And I start laughing. And I am laughing, and I drop down onto my back, and I am laughing like I've never laughed in my life. And all of a sudden, it shifts, and I start sobbing. Oh, I'm sobbing. So the angel looks at Bob and says, Bob, what's happening? Like, who is this guy, and what's going on? And it's going, it's okay, it's okay. Well, what's going on, Bob? Here's what's going on. He understands whose he is. And I'm telling you, if you take anything away from what I'm saying, not only is he God of encounter, but that point, it's not who you are, it's whose you are. It's whose you are. And something he's been working out in me is I understand whose I am. All right, here I am, I got six kids, I got six grandkids. All of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize, you know, Abraham, uh, you know, Isaac, Jacob, we got these three generations and... All of a sudden, I'm Abraham. All of a sudden, I'm the senior-ranking generation. And so my heart for the next generation and my grandchildren and understanding what God's doing and trying to help them understand whose they are, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about all that happened back there in the 80s and the 90s was just a precursor to something profound that's starting to unfold in our day right now. And I get to be a father in all that the Lord's doing. And he is breathing and blessing and encouraging and assigning. And it's pretty incredible what's happening. Can, can I be disruptive for a second? You can do whatever you want. Well, I just this feel like awesome. the Lord gave me an assignment. Do it. Okay. And so he has no idea what I'm about to do. And 
One of the things that John Wimber used to say to us is faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Okay, so I don't know you guys very well. And so I'm about to step into something in which I feel a little bit out of my comfort level. All right? But sometimes the Lord uses that in really profound ways. But I felt like I was supposed to ask you to come forward. And I want to take some oil and pour it on your head. And I feel like the Lord just wants me to bless and ordain what he's doing in your heart and life. And sometimes, you know, you might think that, hey, it's because of dad, like whatever. And heaven just wants you to know he's a really nice guy and he's a neat guy. But the call that's going on in your life has very little to do with that. It has to do with whose you are. And you're learning that lesson. And it's gripping you. Okay? And he wants you to be confident in your calling. All right? And I just feel like he's got a little gift of you. I want to pour some oil on your head. And you're going to let go of that doubt that sometimes holds you back. The truth of the matter is whose you are. He's setting you in place. And there's a call on your life, okay? Now, there's something about the vineyard that's really important that I never let go of, and that's the issue of compassion, all right, is the groundwork for the movement of the Holy Spirit, all right? You've got a compassionate heart, and he loves that about you, but he wants to exhort you to when that thing starts to move inside of you, step into it and release the kingdom of God because you understand whose you are. Amen? All right, I'm going to mess up your hair right now, if that's okay. All right. Well, it wasn't that good of a hair day anyway. Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, come on up. This is just as an, it's a team deal. Same thing for you, Sarah. Yeah. By the way, when John Wimber was here the last time, the lightning was kidding. Just exactly like this. It wasn't a Janet. This is so sobering to me. Um, and this is right in line with what the Lord wants to do tonight. So it is the Lord. Are we getting all this on camera, I hope? Okay. Pastor, the issue of confidence. Confidence and faith. It has nothing to do about your bloodline, although your blood has lots of precious things in it. It has to do that you understand whose you are. You've said yes to him, and he wants you to boldly move forward from a place of compassion. Take the ground. Preach the kingdom. Demonstrate it in the name of Jesus. And so I bless and anoint you. Mess up your hair right now in Jesus' name. And I release blessing and grace. And I break doubt off my brother right now in Jesus' name. And I release blessing and faith. And I say, come forth in the fullness of the call that's on your life. Never doubt again. He's going to take every bit of what's back there and take it and use it for good. Nothing's going to be wasted. So, Lord, fill him. Fill him. Team. It's not just his call. It's your call. Side by side. I bless my sister. Fill her. Anoint her. I'm just going to ask that everybody just reach a hand towards them.
Lord, you've called them, and we just, fathers in the house and elders in the house, we release them unto the call that's on their life, Lord, and we bless them. In Jesus' name, we bless them. Fill them. In Jesus' name. Just wait on the Lord a minute more. By the way, the Lord, when he throws a party like this, this is an ordination commissioning party. The, that is really one of the main reasons why the Lord wanted to do this tonight. And it's not just about Jason. I want to honor all of you tonight because this, you're entering into a party. And when God has invites somebody to a party, he gives gifts to everybody. And Paul, I want to say thank you. I want to honor you in a special way tonight. Why don't you just come up and lay your hands on these guys and just bless Paul and Daddy around here. This is just blessing my socks off. It's blessing my socks off because Tim and I have had a lot of conversations since this has kind of went down. And, and I said, Tim, I said, uh, I don't think it's about me. I think it's about Jason. You know, remember that conversation? Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> and uh, I said, man, I just really believe that God is grooming Jason to be the pastor of this church. And so then it was some time later I said, Tim, I really think the Lord at this gathering wants to ordain Jason. <laughs> remember that conversation? Oh, totally. So it was just like, it was like confirmation. It's total, I'm sitting over here just bawling, you know, just, but, uh, you know what? i tell you what, why don't Rock Kansas City people come up here, yeah. and let's just get around Jason. <laughs> yeah. Come on up here, Mono, too. This is super important. I don't even know how to explain to this, John, but it had to happen for Jason it couldn't have been orchestrated, and it couldn't have been me involved. Because as much as he loves me, the part of the struggle is I'm, I'm this guy's son. And you couldn't have described it with more profoundness. And because he's got to step out and stand on Jesus alone and not on me. And the crazy thing, I need you, you and Sarah, this is the same with you. You know, Sarah, Sarah was like, you know, I'm married into this. No, you didn't, Sarah. You didn't marry into this. This is a sovereign purpose of the Lord. And I want to tell you something, guys. I believe that when we came down here prophetically as forerunners, it was setting the stage for what God really wants to do here, and I probably is just beginning. And, and, and there is a connection we have. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just have a love connection with you, Jason and Candy. And even though you may not be in this local family, I think it's just because of the love connection and the history. Could you just come up to, just as a sign of your, our history together? And, and Andrew, as just a representative of the Rock Tribe, and, and just come up and ask you to bless, because you're an elder in the Rock Tribe. And Oma, you guys come up and... Dan, and we just want to bless Kansas City right now. And, and Mono, I want you to bless. Oma, come on up and come. And Dan and Carol and Janet. We're just as, as leaders in the Rock Tribe, Sue, come on up. As leaders in the Rock Tribe, we want to affirm 
that tonight is a very holy night. And, you know, it's really crazy because David got anointed and commissioned as king, and then he, you know, but he, it wasn't necessarily, um, he didn't necessarily have everything, his act put together totally. And by the way, this is really important for you too, Michael, for you to watch this, because you're connected, bro. So what's going on us, covenant means what's going on us goes on you. So I, as the leader of the spiritual family, I want to say yes and amen to this. And I'm not speaking um, under a spirit of being a, a natural father, but as a spiritual father that has been waiting on the Lord for you to, to catch up to your calling. And you're at this... Tremendous intercession. Sarah, you've been prepared all your life for this. And that word from Norm, he was speaking to this little girl who was playful in the presence of Jesus. Norm, where are you? You should be up here too. Are you up here, Norm? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Mono, come here and pray over, over this. And Andrew too. Andrew, just come around here and pray. And Norm. It's good for you guys to witness this. You're witnesses. You're watching. But this is your story, too. Okay. Oh, I just want to say, I bless this in Jesus' name. Janet, where are you? Just stand next to me. Oh, I'm blessing you with your mom's agreement. This is the Lord. We say it's the Lord. This is Jesus doing this. It isn't me. We didn't orchestrate this. This is Jesus, and I bless you. And the anointing, the apostolic, the prophetic anointing that's on this family, upon me and Janet, we release to you today, Jason. Walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. The pressure is not on you. You just get to follow Jesus. You don't have to make anything happen. You just get to be, you just get to enjoy Jesus. Enjoy Jesus. Love him. Okay. I bless you, Jason. <laughs> uh, mm. Jason, the, the Lord wants you to know that there's only one time in all of Scripture that God the Father is described as hurrying. He never hurries except for this one thing, and it's out of the mouth of Jesus. It's to the repentant son who comes home. And he runs to it like an, oh, Middle Eastern father running, rushing back. That is the only time. And he wants you to know that he has been that father to you. That every time you return, he was, he was actually the one rushing to you. And it, this is like key for you. You, uh, you have uh, broken the curse of the second generation. <gasps> your personal victory, Jason, your personal victory creates a corporate blessing. And everything, I agree with everything that people have said over you and John, and that there is, there is a role of your, your own personal breakthrough that is released on second generation curse. Um, and there is a generational thing happening with you, Sarah, as well. And you, you turn around, and uh, 
you can't you can't hide who you are and where you come from who you come from too but there is a breakthrough that you had to go through so now you can impart that and there's power and i pray for a release that you would believe that everything you have gone through and the especially the choosing of the lord is just you you and him he chose you not because of tim not because of your dad sarah but he chose you and that is so key but you had to go through this personal breakthrough and now i pray that you would believe you would hear god's voice say now your own personal breakthrough becomes a corporate blessing so you have been in invested with the authority to go and whatever you whatever devil you whooped in the desert of your own life sarah and jason you come out in the power of the holy spirit so this is your building permit in the in this area this is why you go out and you have absolute authority from heaven because it is not given by a man it cannot be given by a man it cannot be given by tim or rock tribe or me or andrew or anybody else but it is the lord and until you hear the lord in your heart of hearts you cannot walk in the authority and today the lord is saying yeah whatever has happened jason is your own personal breakthrough becomes a corporate blessing amen yeah. ah, amen awesome yeah we just affirm this i affirm this and say yes jesus this is you jason and sarah you know we don't see you as tim's son but you're a son of god your son your children of god and your identity your place in the family and the kingdom of god uh transcends just your natural identification and i just tonight there was a there was a stepping over there was a, thre a threshold was crossed in the spirit and i just want to affirm that brother and you're called to this as even as john was saying it's a calling not from your, your father or from us or any kind of weird pressure but it's from jesus because he has equipped you for this and we say yes to that we see that we honor that we honor you in the spirit by the spirit how you are seen in heaven we want to honor that and submit to christ in both of you it's not, we're not submitting to your dad or this legacy or what's been built here, but Christ in you. And that's what we were in love with. And that's what's going to build. That's the building permit in this area and in, in heaven here on earth. And brother and, and beautiful sister of God, friends, children um, of God, this, you were made for this. Not, not just this church, and, but you were made for the kingdom and for what he's doing here. And uh, so I just want to affirm that. And I love you, and I bless you, and I'm excited. And this was a holy moment and night. This was a holy moment. <laughs> this was amazing. Jason and Sarah, as the apostolic tribe council of this tribe, we take of our authority tonight and we, we give it to you. 
as God instructed Moses to lay hands on Joshua and give of his authority, we give of our authority to you tonight. Heaven no longer sees you after the flesh, no longer see yourself after the flesh. Heaven sees you in your true self, see your true self tonight. Redeemed, called, commissioned, chosen, set apart, consecrated. Tonight, in Jesus' name, we consecrate you to what has been waiting from eternity to happen tonight. We seal this time now and we say yes and amen. We set you apart. And in Jesus' name, we command you, discharge the call of God that's on your life. Release the anointing that's on your life. Walk in the humility that God has given you. Clothe yourself with humility. Release the love that's in your So then it was sometime later I said, Tim, I really think the Lord at this gathering wants to ordain Jason. <laughs> Remember that conversation? Oh, totally. So it was just like, it was like confirmation. It's total, I'm sitting over here just bawling, you know, just, but, uh, you know what? i tell you what, why don't Rock Kansas City people come up here, yeah. and let's just get around, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Come on up here, Mono, too. This is super important. I don't even know how to explain to this, John, but it had to happen for Jason. It couldn't have been orchestrated, and it couldn't have been me involved. Because as much as he loves me, the part of the struggle is I'm, I'm this guy's son. And you couldn't have described it with more profoundness. And because he's got to step out and stand on Jesus alone and not on me. And the crazy thing, I need you, you and Sarah, this is the same with you. You know, Sarah, Sarah was like, you know, I'm married into this. No, you didn't, Sarah. You didn't marry into this. This is a sovereign purpose of the Lord. And I want to tell you something, guys. I believe that when we came down here prophetically as forerunners, it was setting the stage for what God really wants to do here, and I probably is just beginning. And, and, and there is a connection we have. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just have a love connection with you, Jason and Candy. And even though you may not be in this local family, I think it's just because of the love connection and the history. Could you just come up too, just as a sign of your, our history together? And, and Andrew is just a representative of the Rock Tribe. And, and I just come up and ask you to bless, because you're an elder in the Rock Tribe. And Oma, you guys come up and... Dan, and we just want to bless Kansas City right now. And, and Mono, I want you to bless. Oma, come on up and come. And Dan and Carol and Janet. We're just, as, as leaders in the Rock Tribe, Sue, come on up. As leaders in the Rock Tribe, we want to affirm that tonight is a very holy night. And, you know, it's really crazy because David got anointed and commissioned as king, and then he... You know, but he, it wasn't necessarily, um, he didn't necessarily have everything, his act put together totally. And by the way, this is really important for you too, Michael, for you to watch this. Because you're connected, bro. So what's going on us, covenant means what's going on us goes on you. So 
I, as the leader of the spiritual family, I want to say yes and amen to this. And I'm not speaking um, under a spirit of being a, a natural father, but as a spiritual father that has been waiting on the Lord for you to, to catch up to your calling. And you're at this tremendous intersection. Sarah, you've been prepared all your life for this. And that word from Norm, he was speaking to this little girl who was playful in the presence of Jesus. Norm, where are you? You should be up here too. Are you up here, Norm? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Mono, come here and pray over, over this. And Andrew too. Andrew, just come around here and pray. And Norm. It's good for you guys to witness this. You're witnesses. You're watching. But this is your story too. Okay. Oh, I just want to say, I bless this in Jesus' name. Janet, where are you? Just stand next to me. Oh, I'm blessing you with your mom's agreement. This is the Lord. We say it's the Lord. This is Jesus doing this. It isn't me. We didn't orchestrate this. This is Jesus, and I bless you. And the anointing, the apostolic, the prophetic anointing that's on this family, upon me and Janet, we release to you today, Jason. Walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. The pressure is not on you. You just get to follow Jesus. You don't have to make anything happen. You just get to be, you just get to enjoy Jesus. Enjoy Jesus. Love him. Okay. I bless you, Jason. (laughs) Mm. Jason, the, the Lord wants you to know that there's only one time in all of Scripture that God the Father is described as hurrying. He never hurries except for this one thing, and it's out of the mouth of Jesus. It's to the repentant son who comes home, and he runs to it like an, oh, Middle Eastern father running, rushing back. That is the only time, and he wants you to know that he has been that father to you. And every time you return, he was, he was actually the one rushing to you. And it, this is like key for you. You, uh, you have uh, broken the curse of the second generation. <gasps> your personal victory, Jason, your personal victory creates a corporate blessing. And everything, I agree with everything that people have said over you and John, and that there is, there is a role of your, your own personal breakthrough that is released on second-generation curse. Um, and there is a generational thing happening with you, Sarah, as well. And you, you turn around and... Uh, you can't you can't hide who you are and where you come from who you come from too but there is a breakthrough that you had to go through so now you can impart that and there's power and i pray for a release that you would believe that everything you have gone through and the especially the choosing of the lord is just you you and him he chose you not because of tim not because of your dad, Sarah, but he chose you, and that is so key. But you had to go through this 
personal breakthrough. And now I pray that you would believe, you would hear God's voice say, now your own personal breakthrough becomes a corporate blessing. So you have been in, invested with the authority to go and whatever, you, whatever devil you whooped in the desert of your own life, Sarah and Jason, you come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is your building permit in, the, in this area. This is why you go out and you have absolute authority from heaven because it is not given by man. It cannot be given by man. It cannot be given by Tim or Rock Tribe or me or Andrew or anybody else, but it is the Lord. And until you hear the Lord in your heart of hearts, you cannot walk in the authority. And today the Lord is saying, yeah, whatever has happened, Jason, is your own personal breakthrough becomes a corporate blessing. Amen? Yeah. Uh, amen. Yeah, amen, brother. It's awesome. Yeah, we just affirm this. I affirm this and say, yes, Jesus, this is you, Jason, and Sarah. You know, we don't see you as Tim's son. But you're a son of God. You're son. You're children of God, and your identity, your place in the family and the kingdom of God, uh, transcends just your natural identification. And I just tonight there was a there was a stepping over. There was a thre- a threshold was crossed in the spirit, and I just want to affirm that, brother. And you're called to this, as even as John was saying, it's a calling not from your, your father or from us or any kind of weird pressure but it's from Jesus because he has equipped you for this. And we say yes to that. We see that. We honor that. We honor you in the spirit, by the spirit, how you are seen in heaven. We want to honor that and submit to Christ in both of you. It's not, we're not submitting to your dad or this legacy or what's been built here, but Christ in you. And that's what we were in love with. And that's what's going to build. That's the building permit in this area and in heaven here on earth. And brother, and, and beautiful sister of God, friends, children um, of God, this, you were made for this. Not, not just this church, and, but you were made for the kingdom and for what he's doing here. And uh, so I just want to affirm that. And I love you and I bless you and I'm excited. And this was a holy moment and night. This was a holy moment. <laughs> this was amazing. Jason and Sarah, as the apostolic tribe council of this tribe, we take of our authority tonight and we, we give it to you. As God instructed Moses to lay hands on Joshua and give of his authority, we give of our authority to you tonight. Heaven no longer sees you after the flesh, no longer see yourself after the flesh. Heaven sees you in your true self. See your true self tonight. Redeemed, called, commissioned, chosen, set apart, consecrated. Tonight, in Jesus' name, we consecrate you to what has been waiting from eternity to happen tonight. 
We seal this time now and we say yes and amen. We set you apart. And in Jesus' name, we command you, discharge the call of God that's on your life. Release the anointing that's on your life. Walk in the humility that God has given you. Clothe yourself with humility. Release the love that's in your heart. Allow this new dimension reality to become yours. Holy Spirit, we say yes and amen. The Spirit, the Bride, say yes and amen tonight. We thank you for setting them apart, for releasing in them everything that they need. Be and you've called them to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We say yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Come out. Jesus. Ray, could you just release that? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jason and, and Sarah, you guys are not junior. Yeah, amen. You're, you're not following in anybody's shadow. But God calls you to cast your own shadow. Jason, um, driving trucks, picking up trash, waking up before the sun comes up and asking why, how long, what did I do, when is this going to end? It all pointed to today, mijo. It all pointed to today. It was for today. It was for today. You've honored your father and mother like no other. And that honor comes back to both of you and your children and your seed. And I just, we thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for who you are in this generation. For the yes in your heart. For the insults. For the things that you've heard. The things that were spoken. The things that would have destroyed people of lesser character. It shaped you. It molded you. It formed you to stand alone in him. And, and I say, we say that you both are like that tree planted by the river of water, the river of living water. You've drawn your, 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 your life from the Lord. You're like that tree planted by the river of water. You will bear fruit in season. Your leaf will not wither. And all that you do, all that you do will prosper. We bless you in the name of Jesus. It is, it is, it is amazing as a family to see what the Father is doing in your lives. In, in all of our children, you're that next generation that is going to go further. Every good parent, every parent that loves his children lays down his life and becomes that platform so that their children will be launched into an even greater and a higher destiny. And that is who you all are. Everything that you've gone through, everything that you've gone through has been for this. And there's provision, there's unlimited resources you will not lack. You've been walking around this building, Jason. I could see you with the lights off, wondering, I'm just a custodian. I'm just a maintenance man. I'm a night watchman. No, you're not. You're much more than that. It's not an empty building. It's a portal. It's a portal that God is releasing. It's a portal. It's an opening 
and God, Father, is going to build, and He'll build His house according to His blueprints and patterns. So, Father, we bless this son and daughter in this house. We honor them. I honor them, Father. Emma and I honor them, Lord. From the time we've known them, from the battles they've gone through, they've stood firm, and we honor them, and we bless them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you've raised up your sons and daughters, Father. That this thing that we're all called to is much greater than one man, one woman, Father. It involves a family, Lord, that you've called them to the generations, to the nations. We bless them in the name of Jesus. We bless and honor them, Lord. Bless them, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now, you guys come up. John, that was profound beyond imagination. I'd like all of you to come up. Oh, and I'd like to just have us pray over you and bless you. We're going to bless the Rock family. And then we're going to bless you. Come on up, everybody. Just come on up, and we're going to close out with this tonight. And, yeah. I just, John, I want to thank you. (laughs) This is something I've never told anybody. But there was a... I think the Lord spoke when we started cleaning this place back up. That, um, God, I can't even think right now. Who is the guy that rebuilt the wall in the Bible? Yeah, him. That God said that, God, if you're rebuilding the walls and this is going to be like a new Jerusalem, and I'm going to set you like a light in this neighborhood. This was a long time ago. This kind of goes with, I was wanting to share that. He gave me this and it says, it says the light of Jerusalem on it. And this was like, I don't know what it's been, like two years. I don't know. Well, it actually was longer. It was like three years ago. We came back here. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, nothing's working, like, I don't get it, like, what am I doing, like, did I miss it, you know, did we miss, you know, and, and it's like, you know, God said, like, I'm bringing you back, and it reminded me even of a dream that Alyssa had a long time ago, right after my, his mom died, and it was just a time that really broke me. And in my heart, I cursed the Lord. And I said, I hate you because I loved my grandma. And she was an amazing woman that loved people. And I watched her rot with cancer. And it just, it just like something in me. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, whoever you are, I don't get it. And I don't want anything to do with you. And so a long time ago, like right after she died, Alyssa, like I don't know how many months it was, uh, had a dream that she goes, Nehemiah, or it was Nana, came to her in a dream and was like, where's Jason? Where's Jason? Nehemiah has something to tell him. You got to find him. Nehemiah has something to tell him. And so fast forward, I don't know what it was. 
I don't know how long it's been. It's been a long time. To three years ago, and this whole another thing of this Nehemiah, and I like just reminded me of that dream, and so it just and so then for you to give me this, wow. yeah, that's awesome. No, that's gross. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, at least it's my shirt. I just, you know, it just means a lot. You know, I mean, just even having you here, Debbie. Because she, she she saw me at my worst. If you represented Jesus to me at that time, and that was for nothing, that was not for nothing. I just want to thank you at my absolute worst that you loved me, and I didn't even know you were going to be here. And I think something else that I just want to say, Dad, like, I'm proud to be your son. I no longer, I don't care if I'm in your shadow. Like, it's a great shadow to be in. And I, for many, many years, rejected who you were. And I cursed even the calling in your life, and it cursed the calling on my life. And it opened me up to a lot of, a lot, a lot of garbage. And I just, before this, after all that, I don't even fully realize what just happened. But, like, I just think it's important for me to just, like, I am honored to be your son. And I love you. And I am proud to be your son. And I am proud of who you are. And I am proud of what you do. And I have not always felt that way. That's it. Well, it was, it was crazy because when John started, it was funny because this, like, I started burping. And I started this, like, th- I started getting this, like, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope you can't hear this. But, like, I really first, because, you know, growing up in a charismatic word, I'm like, oh, God, I have demons. It's demons. <laughs> I'm going to barf everywhere. This is not good. This is not good. Where's the bucket, you know? And the Lord immediately said that. It's not demons, that there's something bubbling up that's been laid down. It's bubbling up. And it's, it's so spiritual, it's physical. <laughs> that there's a physical, there's something growing and bubbling up. And I just say yes to it, to all of it. All right, guys, just get around. And we're going to pray a blessing on everybody else. And then we'll close. Cesar, I'm so glad you got to witness this, man. This is, like, powerful. Oh, yeah, John is going to be back tomorrow. Welcome to Kansas City, by the way. I say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. And it's important, I feel, for you to get your heart around all the city, including the inner city. Okay? I think that's important for you to 
we want to welcome you to this hugely important part of town, the international part of town, the economic, socioeconomic diversity part of town. Okay, Derek, Mike, over you, you guys going to get some of this by just osmosis, or are you going to come up? Okay, here we go. Kimbo, you want to come up here? You okay? Okay, baby. That's okay. I don't care if the baby cries. Okay, guys, take hands. Chuck, come on up. Take hands. We don't want anyone left out. Brad, it's so good to see you, man. What an old buddy. What a night. Unbelievable. Brad, you signed up for this. You signed up to see Christianity change in this generation. That's what you signed up for. Hey, by the way, see this pretty boy right here? This is Anthony. Oh, what a gift for you to be here and see this. Unbelievable. Thank you, Richard, for all the love on your daughter. Honor you, Judy and Rich. This is Rich. That's Sarah's father. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Just receive. Just say, Jesus, receive. Just, I love you, Jesus. Just receive. Brian, you came all the way here. Just receive, Brian. Receive, Ray and Emma. Fresh anointing since 2007. Fresh anointing, Ray and Emma. Fresh anointing. Paul, I honor you. Receive fresh anointing, Paul. Fresh joy. Nancy and Craig. This is revival. More, Lord. Thank you, Norm. Fresh fire on Derek and Matt. Fresh fire, Jason, Candy, Esther. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire, Linda. Fresh fire. Anthony, Richard. Fresh fire. Glory to God. Fresh fire. More, Lord. Chris, be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, Chris. Judy, we bless you, man. Tim, Michael, Cezanne, Jake, Lydia, John. Fresh fire, John. John, I officially welcome you into the larger tribe of heaven that God is assembling with all these core values. And I welcome you, John, into the conversation of the Trinity to be a, a spiritual father to this wave of the Jesus movement that's going to be bigger than any denomination. It's going to be bigger than any name. It's going to be a Jesus tribes. It's Jesus tribes. I bless you, Laura. Bless you, Alyssa. Alyssa Moore. Alyssa Moore. Welcome home for fresh drink, Alyssa. Welcome home for... More on Diane, Brad, Cameron, Lord, Lesser, James, and Tammy, the nations, the Father Heart, freedom, favor, prosperity. Bless you, Chuck, Brian Moore, Andrew, Deborah, Carol, Diane, Dan, Mono. More, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Sharon, die. 
the same anointing that Heidi Baker released in this room, I release to you in Jesus' name, a passion for Jesus, a love for Jesus that'll just, you won't have to work, you'll just love your way to the lost. We're going to stop for the one. Stop for the one. Love the one you're in front of. You don't have to go out and do great exploits. Just love the one you're in front of. Jesus. Love the one you're in front of. Sometimes they're not easy to love. Just love them anyway. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Tomorrow we're going to be back here for more of this. We've got a lot more in store for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. A lot more. So tomorrow, come back. We've got very serious things God's going to do in the kingdom. Come around 9.30 to just kind of meet people and chit-chat. We'll have a little coffee. Is that true, Laura? A little coffee here? Tomorrow morning? Okay. Come a little early, 9.30. We're going to hang here, and then we're going to jump right into worship. So sleep really good tonight. The kids have been amazing. Jason and Candy, are you still here? Man, it's good to see you guys. Wow. Because we want you here. The, the relational piece is so important to be here. The relational piece is so important. If you can take off work, if you can get back here, then we'll be here tomorrow night again. But the relational piece is so anointed because, Sarah, God does very creative things in the, in the organic connectings. Okay? Don't underestimate that. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, please welcome the one, the only, Norm Willis. Everybody say, welcome. Well, good evening. It's great to, great to see you, and it's uh, nice to finally be in Mecca. Heard a lot about uh, this place, and definitely had to had to come. You know, it, it's it's been said that sometimes a a well asked question is the best answer, and I, I think Jesus was pretty good at asking questions, especially those those thought provoking questions that that bring down to that that face to face reality and discovery of who he really is. He asked the disciples one day, he said, who do men say that I am? Uh, and if that weren't a deep enough question, after they kind of fumbled around and gave some answers, uh, he, he asked the most penetrating question, and he said, who do you say that I am? Now, obviously, 
being who he is, I, I think he knew their heart. I, I think he knew uh, where he was going. He, he wasn't necessarily asking them to affirm his majesty. He was trying to lead them into a discovery of intimacy. And I, I think sometimes, you know, just trying to find the balance, we, we have a, a lot easier time relating to him on the basis of his majesty than we do on the, the closeness of his intimacy. And really discovering who he is, I don't think it's so much about the transcendence and the majesty and the wonder and the omniscience and all that of, of who he really is. It's just coming down to that face-to-face -face intimate moment of discovering him as a person and as a friend. You know, all of this began with us not knowing who he was. That he came to his own and his own received him not. There was a, there was a recognizing him um, after the flesh rather than the spirit. In other words, there was a viewing him from earth to heaven as opposed to viewing him from heaven to earth. And I think what he's been after is the revelation that we're we're actually able to view Jesus from the perspective of heaven rather than, than the, the limitations of how we see him on earth. In other words, he wants us to go up and from that vantage point of our, our being seated in the heavenlies, see him as we see him in heaven, not bringing him down to as we see him on earth. In other words, there's a, there's a whole dimensional reality of, of who you are in heaven. And what I mean by that is if we're seated in heavenly places, it's not like it's an impersonal seating where nothing takes place. There's a, there's a whole dimensional reality of what's taking place around you being seated in the heavenly places, even though you have no memory of it, no recollection of it. You know, I have no recollection, recollection of my birth, but I was birthed. I, I know that. My dad ran over me with a car when I was three. I don't have a recollection of that, but I know that it actually took place. So just because I don't have a recollection of it doesn't mean it's not, it's not happening. So I'm, I'm seated in heavenly places, and I don't think they walk by me every day and don't talk to me. You know, I, I think there's some, there's some spiritual dynamic that's taking place in a, another dimension that I, I need to tap into it from this dimension and from this dimension then get to understand who he really is. In other words, I, I think we, we, we try to, to bring the wonder of who he is into, into this dimension, and at best we're limited. Have you ever wondered why when, when Jesus called the disciples, he didn't introduce himself to them? He didn't, he didn't give him his business card. He didn't give him his resume. He just said, Peter, come and follow me. I, I often wondered, why did Peter follow without saying, no, wait a minute. Can you first explain to me who you are? Because I think the reality is there was, a, there was a dimensional knowing because the scripture says from the foundation of time, Jesus had called Peter, just like he's called you and chosen you. So from the foundation of time, there was this whole, there was this whole relationship, this whole reality developing that I don't think Peter necessarily intellectually had a, a recollection of it. Nevertheless, it was still taking place.
I want to develop this more tomorrow, but I, I want to just sow this seed. Chosen from the foundation of time. Created in Christ Jesus to work, to do work prepared in advance for us to do. So there's this whole reality of, of our pre-existing relationship to Jesus that has waited for, for time to catch up to it. And then for me, February 12, 1972, time intersects eternity, and I come to meet the one who I've always known. I've always known him. He knew me. He fellowshiped me. He formed me. He commissioned me. He appointed me, and then just let it incubate for an eternity. And then when, when, when time intersects eternity, he doesn't introduce himself to me. He doesn't sell himself to me. He doesn't convince me that, that, that he is the Christ. He just says, follow me. And internally, my spirit wakes up and my spirit says, yes, I'm giving you everything I have, even though I don't know you. I didn't know who he was. I knew he was a religious figure, but I was so ignorant. I thought Old Testament, New Testament was before Noah, after Noah. I mean, I was, I was incredibly ignorant. I read the, the living Bible, Romans 13, obeyed the policeman, it says. And I thought, wow, how did they know way back then we'd be calling them policemen today? This is absolutely amazing. I was spiritually ignorant, but when he called me, it, it woke something up inside of me. So when the question comes, who do you say that I am? If we try to answer that question on, in this dimension, oh, well, you're, the, you know, you're, you're God and you're Jesus Christ and you know, you're the guy that used to be up on that cross and, and in this building there used to actually be a body on that cross, but there's not one on there anymore. And, you know, we've got all our, all our explanations and he says, that's not what I'm really after. Would you be willing to do one of two things? Will you go up and answer that question from you being seated in heavenlies? Or will you go back and answer that question from who you were from the foundation of time? And from the foundation of time, uh, let your intuition, let your, your communion, let, let your spirit man tap into something that has been incubating over time, waiting to catch up to this moment. And that in this moment, we can answer that question from a, from a dimensional perspective of the kingdom, not an earthly perspective of my limited understanding. Now, I'm convinced when Jesus asked that, that question, have you, ever, have you ever wondered, what answer was he looking for? In other words, I don't think he asked the question just so it kind of flowed out there in time. Who do you say that I am? I, I think he was after something. And I don't, this is just my personal opinion. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying scripture. It, it doesn't say, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think he was actually looking for them to say, well, you're the son of the most high and you're the creator, you know, all those, all those big lofty spiritual things. I think what he was after was them to say, you're my friend. You know, as, as important as all that stuff is, it is regardless whether we recognize it or not. But we're not friends if we don't recognize it. 
In other words, he's majestic whether I acknowledge his majesty or whether I don't acknowledge his majesty. But for him to be my friend, I've got to acknowledge his friendship. Because friendship takes two, majesty only takes one. You know, the omniscience, the omnipresence, and you know, all that other stuff, it, it just is. But friendship, it's, are we friends? Yeah, we're friends. So I think he was after that because he was saying, listen, from all the way up to this time, you call me master. Now I call you friend. And he was bringing a, a reality, a dimensional reality that was intersecting time and, and summarizing all of it down to this one reality. What I'm after is the ability for you to acknowledge I had a relationship with you from eternity past. And now I'm fast forwarding that to time, in, into time to just say, I want you to be my friend. Yeah, I'm your master, I'm your Lord, and I'm your king, and I'm your judge, and I'm all those other things, but none of those mean anything right now. I'm pushing those all aside to right now. We can just be face-to-face and discover friendship. I love how James, he summarizes Abraham's life. He says, Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness, and so he became the friend of God. All the things that Abraham did, you know, left his father's house and was sojourning and all the various things and all of the, all of the, the reality that took place and lying to the king, lying about his wife, all those things that took place. And James summarizes it down to this one thing I can say of Abraham. He became God's friend. So faith wasn't an end. Faith brought him to friendship. And I think what Jesus wants us to understand that as much as all that transcendent 